You may not see this, but we do. Nearly every day in the summer, they pass by this sanctuary. Little yellow vehicles packed tight with tourists, struggling to maneuver their go-karts around the intricacies of a San Francisco street. A recording explains that in front of them is Temple Emmanuel, the central address of Jewish San Francisco. Boy, do we like hearing that. <laughs> well, things became even more colorful this past summer when people began to strangely wander around the perimeter of our facility. It took us a little while to realize that we are also proudly the Jewish Pokemon Go Center of the Bay Area. <laughs> Being on both tourists' and gamers' maps may be a sign of complete integration into the social fabric of our city. You know, this year, that sense of American Jewish acceptance extended in new ways as a long-standing glass ceiling came close to shattering. I have to tell you, in my life, I never would have predicted that the enthusiastic political focus of young people in this country would be cast upon a septuagenarian Jewish man, a self-proclaimed democratic socialist from Vermont, making that guy the first one to win a primary as a Jew in the history of this country. Wasn't that amazing? Nor that the Green Party, which previously ran Ralph Nader, would now endorse a Jewish woman as their standard bearer. And you know, things have really changed concerning Jewish integration into American life when each major party candidate has Jewish grandchildren. <laughs> yes? Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton may well pass the Torah down from one generation to the next. But lest we get complacent about how comfortable we are in this great country, there's still evidence that the more things change, the more they stay the same. As our children, Jewish college students on campuses complain about feeling uncomfortable expressing their Jewishness out of a fear from harassment from Israel opponents. Or Nicholas Kristof, after writing about the campaign, an article, received a barrage, he reported, of anti-Semitic mail suggesting that he be sent to the ovens for writing another typical Jewish hit piece though he himself is not Jewish. Or when the Atlantic magazine ponders whether Jews should leave Europe, wondering if the entire continent, parts of which claim to learn from the Shoah, is still safe for our people. Anti-Semitism is alive and well. An irrational form of Jew hatred that has historically expressed fear of too much Jewish power in society, whether political or economic or even cultural. 
It imagines a Jewish cabal that controls economic leaders and politicians like marionettes, which David Duke and other haters today ardently promote. Its newest form has turned the struggle and support for Jewish nationalism, love of Israel, into an anti-Semitic canard in a spectacular feat, I'm impressed, of intellectual manipulation, flipping the perception that was of that small country from being a David into being perceived as an evil Goliath, the worst oppressive force on the planet as other parts of the world burn up. It's the beginning of the Jewish New Year. These holidays, they ask us to examine our lives, to be truthful with ourselves, and analyze both our blessings and our challenges. They call upon us to consider how to more fully embrace life. On Rosh Hashanah, this shofar asks you to wake up and inspired by the palpable presence of the holy, face that which is broken in your life and in the world, and with courage and renewed vigor and God's presence in you, make it whole again. I plead guilty to having been an optimistic denier of the presence of anti-Semitism as a force in today's America. And why not? For one need only look to the members of the Supreme Court and see that three of them are Jewish. That American colleges and universities that used to limit Jewish attendance, many of them now have Jewish presidents. Did you know that even the Air Force now has its second Jewish chief officer? Synagogues like our own have been reinvigorated by the many interfaith partners who stand proudly with their loved ones and help them to embrace Judaism. And for that, we say thank you. But it's also a sign, according to Dr. Jonathan Sarna of Brandeis, of a deep acceptance of our people in this society. So no, I'm not an alarmist, but I do believe that part of our renewal this year needs to be an acknowledgement that we cannot sweep under the rug the hateful statements against Jews we see on the internet as being ah, a slight remnant of an oppressive past. In our history, ignoring the presence of hate has never served us well. No, we need to remain engaged and verbal and vocal and stand up as a united Jewish community against a new anti-Semitism that's been rearing its head for a while. As Justice Potter Stewart once wrote about something else, you know it when you see it. And sometimes it masks itself as an anti-Zionism wrapped up in a legitimate critique of Israeli policy. At other times, it's more blatantly anti-Semitic, like the talk that had been socially unacceptable post-Holocaust, it seems is now no longer shunned. The Anti-Defamation League has warned that this election cycle 
has released an enormous amount of anti-Semitic speech online. As Jeffrey Goldberg wrote in that Atlantic article, the Shoah served for a while as a sort of inoculation against the return of overt Jew hatred. But the effects of that inoculation, it's becoming clear, are wearing off. That which we thought with the light of freedom and hope at the end of the 20th century would dissipate has clearly instead found new life in our time. Now I know there are differing views in this community about the direction of the state of Israel, its leadership, how it engages or does not engage enough in the peace process, if there was not debate, this would not be a shul. We are proud at Emmanuel as we support a two-state solution to make a safe place for people with divergent views to express them, to hear and be heard while engaging thinkers from different perspectives. Because we know the path to peace is not clear. But we can be clear that questioning or critiquing the Israeli government's approach to the peace process, not liking a particular Israeli leader, simply is not anti-Semitic. Let us not be casual with that term. To make peace, we know that people have to be able to talk about how to pursue it and challenge the peacemakers that they might truly become blessed. But one aspect of the new anti-Semitism, well, it attempts to isolate Israel, to delegitimize it as a European colonialist endeavor. Groups like BDS advocate not for peaceful compromise as a result of pressure from a boycott, but for Israel's complete eradication. They assert that Jews, unlike other peoples, must not have a sense of nationalism, as they renew in the 21st century the notion that Zionism is racism. Modern anti-Semitism attempts to write us out of history, like the assertion that the Temple Mount in Jerusalem was never really a Jewish place. It's now been repeated so often that despite the biblical and the Quranic teachings to the otherwise, Western media makes disclaimers when it talks about that holy place. And let us understand the attempts to delegitimize Jewish life there. Well, they have consequences here. College Israel anti-Israel apartheid weeks that have included placing eviction notices on students' doors, sometimes targeting primarily Jewish housing, in order to help people feel what it's like to experience oppression, have the subconscious effect of blaming Jews and only the Jews for the complex difficulties and suffering in the Middle East. Such attacks allowed to go too far well, they threaten Jewish expression on campus, like here at San Francisco State, once one of the strongest advocates for free speech, 
there on Jew campus, Jewish gatherings for Israel are interrupted as a strategy of anti-normalization which limits student engagement and then makes it seem like it's permissible to shut down Jewish speech. Or worse, at UCLA, where Jews were told they can't be fair representatives on student government because of their implicit support for Israel. We are appreciative of the work of the University of California to step in and limit this activity. But we have to acknowledge it's present in more places than ever. How many of you read the op-ed in the Week in Review today? If you didn't, take a look. It's right there. Benjamin Gladstone, a junior at Brown, wrote today about discrimination against Jews and not just Israel activists on campus as a result of the acceptance of this behavior. In his address to the United Nations, Bernard-Henri Lévy, the French Jewish intellectual, showed how that vicious anti-Israel perspective extends then to all Jews. He wrote, this is the formula. The Jews are detestable because we are supposed to support an evil, illegitimate, murderous state. The Jews are more detestable because we're supposed to base our love for Israel on imaginary suffering or at least suffering that has been outrageously exaggerated. This is the infamous denial of the Holocaust. Finally, we are detestable, he concludes, because we've plunged part of today's world, most emblematically that of the Palestinians, into mourning. And here we come face to face with the modern day scourge of competitive victimhood. Modern anti-Semitism, he concludes, needs these three formulations, which become three vital components of a moral atomic bomb targeted back at us. Some argue that we can counter such new anti-Semitism by using our power to pressure those in academic leadership, in government, even the media, forcing a reversal of anti-Semitic motions, for example, on the college campus. While that may be efficacious, it should not be the only way that a free people, confident in our moral right to be, should counter such an illness in our society. We need to meet anti-Semitism head on and cast our light upon that darkness. How? First and foremost, let us be proud of who we are. Let's not hide our identity behind these walls, but portray our Jewishness with pride in public. We're part of the beautiful diversity that makes up America. So go home and check and see if there's a mezuzah on your door. And if not, put one up. And if the covenants give you a hard time in your condominium, have them call me. <laughs> Wear a Star of David or a Hamza around your neck at times. And don't be afraid to dress in a pro-Israel t-shirt. Join us when we light the Hanukkah in one of our public outdoor lightings. You know, this year, uh, the first night of Hanukkah, I think, is Arab Christmas. So, 
for your convenience, we're going to have a lighting in front of a Chinese restaurant. Say he nainu, we are proud to be here and do not deny us. Next, speak up when you hear that casual hate speech. Indelibly imprinted upon my mind is my mother's story because she told it over and over and over again about being a legal secretary in Stillwater, Oklahoma in the 1950s, putting my dad through undergrad after World War II. She was working in a law office and a group of lawyers once a week would gather for lunch there in that office and sit around and shoot the breeze and while she was near them they told what they thought was a great Jewish joke. They didn't know she was Jewish. Well, she stood up and at the risk of her job, called out, I am a proud Jewess. Only time I've ever heard the word Jewess used in a sentence. <laughs> and I resent your speech. The lawyers just scattered and they apologized. One even tried to hire her away. People do need to hear from us that this kind of talk online or in person, not just about Jews, is unacceptable. Those who would try to shut down our right to speak or to gather or make us uncomfortable about our identity, they need to be challenged. They need to be made uncomfortable. It's not American to do what they're doing. Third, we can join in coalition with others who oppose hate and oppression. Let us partner with religious leaders, with civil rights organizations, with civic leaders and groups who believe that there is no place for hate in America. This includes Islamic groups who suffer so greatly right now from prejudice and live in fear in this country. Do not yourself denigrate others or speak words of hate against a tradition like Islam that in the golden age of Spain so beautifully informed our own tradition, influencing Maimonides and Yehuda Halevi, influencing your rabbis today. We Jews must live our values of loving our neighbor as ourselves and protecting those who are different from us as we build bridges like Israel is to moderate Muslims. For example, in this community, the Pacifica Institute. But instead, know that it's so important that we support those essential Jewish organizations that are doing this work every day. Organizations like the JCRC in our community who works with elected officials, civic, ethnic, and religious leaders to build understanding about Jews and Judaism and Israel, to work together on issues of mutual concern. They represent all of us in that real battle against anti-Semitism to so support them. The JCRC right now is launching an Invest in Peace campaign. It's a way of working together, encouraging all of us to support constructive efforts to build bridges and economic ties on the ground between Israelis and Palestinians, but show the good that's happening there too. What can be the dream that Perez dreamed? Also, 
an organization that maybe you thought its time was past, but no, it is so necessary today. Stand with the ADL. They are devoted to civil rights for all while combating anti-Semitism. Right now, the ADL is partnering with tech companies to combat anti-Semitic harassment online in this very community. And then they are on the front line, countering its increase. Whether the UN or the classrooms or your kids' school, they are bravely standing up against hate. And don't forget to support with your Sadaka. Give Sadaka the high holidays. Hillel International. They promote Jewish life on campus, and they give our young people who are immediately dealing with these issues the tools to be proud of their Jewish identity, to bring Jews from all streams together, and then speaking directly out against on-campus anti-Semitism. And of course, most importantly for you, Tanu Rabotenu, our rabbis of old taught that in the face of these kind of challenges, we embrace Jewish life even more fully. So come and make the minion this year of Shabbat. Come be here with us. Use the year to grow your spiritual life. Don't just defend Judaism. Be in Judaism. Make sure your kids are in our school learning how to love this Torah, how to be spiritual people, and how to be proud and strong Jews. And let yourself be energized and renewed by the treasures of this tradition that can help you find meaning and hope. I love Rebbe Nachman of Bratslav. He taught the whole wide world is a very narrow what? Bridge. But the ikar, the essence, is not to be afraid. We are so blessed to live in the land of the free. And so let us bravely, and with the strength of our spirit and the courage of our hearts, widen that bridge of freedom that becomes narrowed by hate and by indifference to hatred. Together this year, let us vision the Jewish future with joy and engage in the holy work for peace and acceptance, not just for us, but for all peoples in this great land and world. Amen. Shana Tova Umitsuka. Happy New Year.